You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. Six. Mercedes closed the car door with her leg, holding the paper bag of Thai food in one hand and the two sodas in the other. She'd printed more of the files for Andrew to go through while she worked on a few other projects. But after sitting for a few hours on the couch in the front office, he had suggested taking a break and getting something to eat. As he had offered to pay if she picked it up, she had readily agreed. Free food was never something to refuse. A lesson a young and single girl living on her own had to learn fast. She had, however, never sunk as low as some of her friends who would go on a date with a guy merely for food. Jim had never had a problem giving her an advance if she had needed it. Sometimes she wondered where his money came from. She knew they could not survive on the checks from the clients and the occasional consultant fee from the police department. Yet Jim never seemed to be in need of money, and she had never heard him worry about making rent for his house or the office. Maybe he had invested money in stocks in the old days and still lived off them. For all she knew, he could be rich. Although if he was, he certainly didn't show it. Most of his clothes were old and dated, and his car, although a good one, was also a classic. He didn't use money on any of the things people usually bought, although he did go to the theater quite often. No tech gadgets, no computers or tablets. Mercedes shook her head. She herself would be hard-pressed to go without her iPhone for more than a few hours. Of course, she was not over a hundred years old, she told herself. When she made a hundred, maybe she wouldn't want instant internet access, Facebook updates, and Angry Birds. She walked into the building and up the stairs to the first floor. Andrew had stayed in the office, so there was no reason she should have been disturbed by the office door standing slightly ajar, except that she had closed it before she left. Her mental alarm bells suddenly began ringing, and she stepped in the corridor, eyes fixed on the slightly open door. She put the drinks down on a windowsill in the corridor and felt for the gun that Jim had given her, before remembering where she had kept it, in her purse, the purse now sitting on her desk, the purse she had not needed to bring since Andrew had given her cash to pay for the meal. She realized that if someone inside was listening for her to return, the pause in her footsteps would be an indicator that she had felt something wrong, and that she might already have given herself away. She picked up the drinks again and continued with forced hard footsteps. She opened the door with her foot and made sure it slammed up into the wall so nothing was behind it. She stepped inside quickly. Andrew was still on the couch, but he was sitting in a strange, forced position. Sitting next to him was a blonde woman, her eyes fixed on him. She was tall and quite attractive but the weapon in her hand made her look seem secondary to Mercedes. It looked like a knife with three blades, sticking out in various angles. The woman's hand was stuck through the middle of the blades, and she could use her entire hand as a weapon from every angle. We have company, 
Andrew said, his voice dry and sarcastic. I hope you bought enough for three. The woman smiled, but didn't move her gaze from Andrew. Close the door, please, and sit down. Mercedes put the food slowly on the floor, and then reached behind her to close the door. She moved deliberately slowly, hopefully giving the woman a sense of security. She even tried looking a little scared, making her eyes bigger and quivering her lip. Jim had taught her a few moves of hand-to-hand -hand combat, and she could use a gun, but she was no expert fighter. She knew she could never take the woman on in a fight. She had to gain the upper hand by using her ace in the sleeve, the gun in the purse. The woman looked pleased when the door was closed. Very good. Now sit and stay still while Andrew and I get reacquainted. She reached out a hand and caressed Andrew's face. It looked like the touch was uncomfortable. I must say, you look nothing like the boy I remember, Andrew. You were an infant when I saw you last. Now you're almost too old to carry the master in you. But if I have done so for all these years, so can you. Mercedes blinked. Wait, who are you again? What master? Andrew cleared his throat. Mercedes, I know how this sounds, but... This is my sister, Linda. No way, but I thought... You're not completely correct, Andrew, the woman said. I'm Linda, but I'm not. I haven't been Linda for many years. Linda gave herself up to me so I could continue the mission. What mission? Killing families? What sort of weird and twisted mission is that? Andrew looked at her. The most important of all. Finding someone who is like me. Someone who will benefit from the teachings I give. When I started this, I was only human myself, slaying my parents and brother. But that act transformed me, made me so much more. And when I found someone new, someone who was like me, I would train them, mold them for a few years. Then I would become them and slay my old body. A final exam, if you will, going from disciple to master. Then I am renewed and can continue living, feasting on the souls I gathered throughout the years. You sound like a demented Count Dracula, Mercedes commented as she sat down on her desk. She slowly slid to the edge of it, where she would be able to reach her purse. But why are you here? Don't you have some kid to train? Unfortunately, I don't. The woman looked almost sad. Disease has struck, and the body I hope to use has proven not to be available. So I'm going to go back to the one that got away so many years ago. She let a hand run through Andrew's hair, and now Mercedes could suddenly see the family resemblance. The way they looked in profile as they stared at each other, they almost looked like dark reflections. You looked for me for so long. But now I found you, and we can finally be together. Why the hell would I want to give myself up to you? Andrew said. You said it yourself. You're not really my sister anymore. I don't owe you anything. My biggest motivation would be to stop your sick little mission. Ah, yes. 
That was to be expected. Normally, when I approached the children, the evil, corrupted little children who carry the potential for cruelty in their heart, I come with promises of great experiences, of getting away from the eternally snooping mommy and daddy or annoying siblings. To you, I suppose such things will not work. But there is always simple threats. The woman lifted the knife and seemed to point it at Mercedes, as much as it was possible to point with an angled blade. If you give yourself up without a fuss, I will spare the life of this lovely young girl. She can remain alive and we can walk out of here together, well, together in one body, so to speak. What's to stop you from killing her after you've taken my body? I suppose... The woman smiled. You're just going to have to trust me. Andrew shook his head. If you think I'm going to fall for that, you're more stupid than I remember my sister. And honestly, I don't remember much about her. The alternative is that I just kill her right here and now. Would that be preferable? The woman turned her gaze fully on Mercedes who now had her fingers only a few inches from her purse. Are you ready to give your soul up, little girl? Not by a long shot. Mercedes decided to go for broke and jerked her hand sideways, diving into the purse. Her hand closed around the grip of the gun and she began pulling it out when the woman flicked the knife towards her. It looked like the knife spun in the air by itself, and Andrew had time to be reminded of a TV show he'd once seen about Australian aborigines throwing boomerangs. The knife blade cut into Mercedes's neck, just over her left shoulder. She felt the pain like an explosion in her body, and the impact from the knife sent her reeling to the side. Her left side felt lifeless and dead, and she staggered against the desk. Somehow, she held onto the gun, and with her other hand... She raised it and pointed at the woman. She could feel blood soaking her shirt collar as she pressed the trigger. The shot sounded loud in the small office, but the woman didn't seem affected by the bullet. Either it had missed or she was bulletproof. Mercedes's head felt so heavy, she needed to close her eyes for a moment. She tried one more time to aim the gun, but lost consciousness instead. She fell face first onto her desk, and her head came to rest on top of her own desk calendar. Andrew was up in a flash, at the same second as Mercedes fired the gun. He rolled to the floor, out of the woman's reach, grabbing under his own shirt for the gun he kept behind his back. He pulled it and aimed it in one motion, but when he saw Mercedes falling to the table, he held his fire. She's not dead yet. We can still walk out of here. The woman's voice was calm, but now with an edge of urgency to it. If we walk out, she dies no matter what. She's going to bleed to death. The woman seemed to grow in size now. It was as if the human face of his sister began to stretch, elongate, the features becoming less human by the second. There is no fooling you, Andrew. I like that. But now, this ends... No more playing nice. Andrew felt sick to his stomach as the skin of the woman who had once been his sister split across her face, 
revealing not a skeleton underneath, but something dark and slimy, like scales or layers of rubber moving over each other. Black tentacles shot out of her fingers, pushing the nails aside. They wrapped around his arms and grabbed his gun, holding it up like a toy. The creature, no longer a woman, began wrapping itself around him like some kind of bizarre octopus. The gun was torn out of his fingers, and one of the tentacles held it up mockingly. The creature was still anchored in something that resembled the human body, where all the black seemed to come out of, but there was absolutely no resemblance to his sister anymore. As the sister was, so shall the brother be, a voice said. It sounded like it spoke through a mouth filled with phlegm. I wouldn't really count on that just yet, Jim's voice sounded. Andrew's head whipped around. Jim stood in the door, in shirt sleeves and pants, looking like he'd run a marathon. Sweat dripped from his brow, but he held his eyes on the creature. This is my office, and in here, the show ain't over until the fat lady sings. The creature didn't pause, but leveled Andrew's gun at Jim and pulled the trigger three times. Jim was slammed back against the wall by the impact of the bullets, and large stains of blood spread out over his white shirt. He shook his head and staggered, but kept his footing. Is that all you got? he asked, catching his breath. Andrew looked at Jim in astonishment that almost made him forget his current predicament. He knew Jim was special, but to see a man take three shots from a Glock to the chest and still stand up was another thing altogether. The creature seemed to be surprised as well, but threw the gun down and whipped several of the thin tentacles towards Jim. Still obviously in pain from the gunshots, Jim evaded them and threw himself to the floor behind Mercedes's desk. He crawled quickly around it, feeling the tentacles snapping at his heels. The desk chair was overturned, and the potted plants in the windowsill fell to the floor behind him. The tentacles seemed to rip through the wall as they crept over it. Mercedes' desk getting overturned and dumping her body to the floor. Jim winced. He could see she was still alive, but she wouldn't be for much longer if this creature wasn't stopped. Jim got to his feet and ran for the door to his own office. Andrew was fighting with the creature, trying to free himself but not having much luck. Jim reached inside the door, grabbing something off the wall, and then turning around to face the creature again. The office looked like a bomb had gone off, the black tentacles ripping the walls and floor to pieces. Andrew, he shouted. How are you with classic weaponry? Andrew blinked in surprise. Jim was holding a large sword in his hand. Heads up, Jim shouted, and threw the sword in an underhand arc. He had planned it so the hilt would be down when it reached Andrew, who thankfully understood his plan and jerked out his arm as far as he could. He caught the hilt and swung the sword around, cutting through the creature's black slimy surface like butter. It gave a howl that made Jim cover his ears, its limbs flailing around in desperate jerks. Kill it, he shouted. I'm trying. How do you kill something without a head? Andrew cut into the mass of writhing tentacles again and again, now having so little resemblance to a human that it didn't even have a center. It screamed, a sound that sounded like nails on a chalkboard, and Andrew felt the grip around his body loosen. He almost lost his balance, but Jim caught him, supporting his weight. 
Give it to me, Jim said. Andrew handed the sword over without protests. Seeing Jim moving in with an odd grace that he'd not seen him move with earlier, he spun the sword in his hand and then, seeming to find the center point, thrust the blade deep into the creature. One final scream, and the office was suddenly empty. Only the tattered walls and broken furniture spoke of the fight that had taken place. What happened? Did we kill it? We killed whatever form it had physically. The body of your sister, or what was left of it. The soul eater itself, I don't know if it can be killed. But I think if it could, we just did. I guess this sword really might be magic after all. I should send Michael a thank you note. Mercedes! Jim dropped the sword on the floor and ran to Mercedes' side. She was still on the floor, blood running in a steady stream from her neck. We need to get her to a hospital. She'll bleed to death. Let me. Andrew knelt down, and his hands probed the cut. Get me your first aid kit if you have one. Jim grabbed the kit from the shelf, while Andrew pulled his shirt off and pressed it against Mercedes's neck. Call an ambulance. I'll try to stabilize her in the meantime. Stabilize? What are you, a doctor? That, actually. I got a degree in veterinary medicine before I joined the Bureau, but I'll read you my CV later. Just go. Jim ran to the phone. Andrew bent over Mercedes, pressing the cloth of his shirt against the cut. 